Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms for Life podcast. I'm Amanda, your host of today's show, and I'm here with our co-founders, Lynn and Tina, as well as Director of Operations and Communications, Rachel. Today, we'll be discussing pet adoption, a lifetime commitment. Why should you carefully consider bringing a pet into your home? Lynn, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I think our topic uh, statement really covered it when it's a lifetime commitment. Um, adopting a pet means that you are responsible for the well-being of another life. And there are so many elements of your daily, weekly, monthly routine that are going to change. And this comes with everything from items in your home that may may need to be moved, secured, or altered. Um and, you know, it's uh, sort of a, instead of child-proofing your home, you're pet-proofing your home, right? Um, and if you travel a lot for your work um, or you have very, very long, like, 12-hour shifts or things like that, it can be very hard, you know, on a pet um, when you're not there. Uh, if you have roommates, a partner, or children, you know, you, you, you absolutely must consider the impact a new pet will have on them. And, and that includes checking out any kind of potential allergies. Um, it can be devastating to discover um, that your child who adores her new puppy is highly allergic to that puppy. And so, um, and in addition, when you're thinking about uh, adopting a pet, um, and if you already have pets, you know, then you have uh, the uh time for the pets to get to know one another and to get adjusted and you know how is that going to work out what if it doesn't work out um, and and you definitely need to have like a backup plan if you yourself become ill or injured um, and you know who's going to help out who's who, what if they're not available you know so it, there's just a lot of different things and you know honestly there's so many great resources online uh, to review and prepare for your new companion. Um, but I think I'm going to close with this, that you really need to look at the situation from your pet's eyes, your potential pet's eyes and their perspective, you know, walk a mile in their paws. So, um, and I, I do mean paws, P-A-W-S. So, or their, their wings or whatever the, or their, you know, whatever their, their feet are. Um, you know, so that you have everything that you need in place to create a really wonderful life uh, for both of you. And uh, that's my take on this. And Rachel, what, you know, you recently adopted a pet. So I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I had been wanting to adopt my very own cat for several years because a, a pet can be a really fantastic thing. It can be a really beautiful symbiotic relationship because while they give you a lot of emotional support and help you combat loneliness and they give you a reason to get up in the morning because you have someone to take care of, you're also providing them a home and a lot of love and a fantastic relationship. But what Lynn was saying is right, that this is a commitment. You are committed to taking care of them for either their entire life, if they're like a dog or a cat or something, or maybe your entire life if they're a parrot, whatever it may be. So when I was looking to adopt a cat, I had to consider a lot of different things. Um, I was uh, planning on adopting a cat uh, shortly after I moved into my new home. So when I was house hunting or apartment hunting, whatever it was, 
I was trying to make sure um, that I was finding a place to rent that would allow me to have a cat. So that's something that you really need to consider is whether you're even allowed to have a pet. I had to make sure that I had enough space for a pet. I knew that a studio apartment is just, you can make it work for a cat, but it's just, it's not very much room for them to stretch their legs, especially if you wanted to keep them inside, like I do with Cordelia. I had to consider, as Lynn was saying, the other people that would be living in my house. So at the time, I didn't have a roommate when I first got my house, but I knew I was going to be subletting. So when I was interviewing subtenants, I asked all of them whether they are they like cats. And um, obviously, I chose someone who said that, yeah, she likes cats. She has no problem with cats. But what we did find out is that she's allergic to cats. She didn't know that, but she is. So that's been a struggle. And that's something that, I mean, I did consider, but even when you do consider these things, sometimes you're hit with surprises. So trying to find places where Cordelia is allowed to be and not allowed to be and when, those are things that you need to be sure of. And you should also consider what kind of damage a pet can do to your home. So with my lovely Cordelia, she's mostly okay, but she does prefer walls to scratching posts. And that's something that I'm going to have to pay up for at the end of my lease. Um, and that's another one final thing that I would recommend you consider. Pets are expensive. You have to pay for their food. You have to pay for their toys and their beds and, and taking them to the vet, which you should do at least once a year. And any surprise problems if they get sick or if they get hurt. And, and in my case, but the damage that they do to your house and paying to get that fixed or paying your landlord to get it fixed. These are all things that you should really consider, but I don't also want to scare you away from getting a pet if you are seriously considering it because they do bring you a lot of joy, but you just have to make sure that you're ready. Tina, is there anything that you'd like to add? Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add here. I think both uh, you and Lynn have done a nice job of uh, the, the type of considerations that, uh, that should be brought to bear. Uh, pets certainly can be a calming influence. That um, is a commitment. It's a, it's a commitment to, a, it's a lifestyle commitment. And it's, you're bringing that pet. A pet does not have the ability to take care of itself. Um, I, cats are a little better than dogs. Um, I am a dog person. Um, and when you're talking about your, your cat taking up and uh, uh, destroying some of your area, consider a 90-pound dog and what, what craziness they bring to, uh, to the inside of a house sometimes. I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it is, it's, a com it's a commitment, and, it's, and it is, and it should be a lifelong commitment. I don't understand when I hear these stories of people that are moving and they say, well, here, here's my dog or my cat, here's my animal, I'm moving and I'm not gonna be able to take care of this animal any longer. Are you kidding me? This is, this is a part of your family. This is a commitment. This is a, um, uh, yeah, yeah, this is a responsibility that you must walk in because you don't, unless the dog just happens or the cat just happens on your doorstep, this is a conscious decision to bring an animal into into your home and to care for that it's a responsibility and it's a lifelong responsibility and it's it's a grown-up one so i think it's it's really important to to consider the time that you have what your lifestyle is all of that will make a determination as to the type of pet or the size of pet 
um, that uh, that you bring in. But the oh, the the rewards far outweigh everything else. These have all been some excellent insights, and you're right, Tina. The rewards do far outweigh the costs. What are the important points you need to anticipate before getting a pet, Rachel? Well, we've already covered a lot of it, but something to reiterate something that Lynn had said earlier, you need to look at things through their eyes. And that's something to consider is that, as Tina said, they need you. You are their world. They go on walkies when you take them on walkies. You, they are fed when you feed them. You are their primary source of company and love. And that means that you need to anticipate being home. You can't flake out. If you are planning to be away for a night or for longer, you have to you have to plan for that. You have to make sure that you have a roommate or a neighbor who's willing to come in and feed them if it's for a short term, or have someone to come in and take care of them or take them to someone to take care of them if you're gone for a longer period of time. So when I was adopting Cordelia, something that I knew was going to happen was that I would be going back home to the United States um, just every now and again to see my family. But that means I'm gone for quite a period of time in this last case I was gone for three weeks and so I had to anticipate finding someone to take care of her and I had several options in terms of people that I knew who would be willing to come and take care of her even and none of them could do I had several options who might be willing to take her into their home one I had one say yes but then she was unable to and so you have to I said that they're expensive in my case I had to find a cat hotel to take her and it cost me a good amount. So you need to anticipate when you're gone. You need to anticipate um, all of their needs. And something you need to make sure you understand is that pets aren't there to serve you. So we've talked about how they can be a very calming presence and they provide you a lot of emotional support and they're really fantastic. But you also have to understand that that's, that's not their reason to exist. They're they're animals that have their own personalities and desires and sometimes it can be frustrating when your cat eats your paperwork which mine does but that's something that you have to anticipate that you're not adopting a, a plaything you're adopting a creature with a mind of its own but one last thing that I would um, encourage you to anticipate and make sure that you think about is that you are going to be experiencing some maximum love for your pet in my case I knew, I knew that I would love my cat, but after adopting Cordelia, something I tried to anticipate but could never even imagine is just how much I look at her and just want to cry because I love her so much. So anticipate the major emotional effect, but that also has a downside because when I put her into that cat hotel for three weeks, I just, I spent the rest of the day sobbing because I was so afraid that she thought I was adopting her. So anticipate some extreme emotions, but getting her back was a fantastic thing. <laughs> Tina... Can you share some anticipations through your experience with Mr. Fritz? Well, Mr. Fritz and my eight other dogs. Um, yeah, important points to anticipate is, number one is the amount of time you have. How much time do you really have to devote to your dog? How much are you going to be traveling? If you're traveling, uh, Lynn, I think, uh, brought this up earlier. If you're going to be traveling, what? Do you have a dog sitter come in or a cat sitter? Or do you, do you take them somewhere like you did? Um, uh, Rachel in uh, to to a hotel um, or to a to a daycare um, do you have time do you have time to walk do you have time to feed all of these impact your schedule on a daily basis 
do you know where your closest veterinarian is? If this is if you're brand new to having an animal uh, in your home, um, you've you need to understand that there are um, requirements. And I think minimally a, a year for rabies shots or something. I'm not sure about cats. I've never had cats, but uh, you have to have that. Um, you have to have the shots be up to date on the shots. Um, in some cases, in some states, you have to have them licensed. But having a good veterinarian that uh, that you can rely upon and to take your your pet to for for health and to keep them healthy, training. Gosh, um, again, I'm not so sure about cats, but dogs dogs need to be obedience trained. Um, and if they're a puppy, gosh, you got to think about that. If it's a puppy coming into the house, there has to be some training done so that the 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 puppy knows when to go outside to relieve themselves. Um, I'm sure there's some training with cats too, right? With the litter boxes or whatever. Um, but training yeah, is, is another. Hard times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. But I mean, th those are things to, to to think about. Is there there has to be some time training with dogs? It, it takes a lot of time to um, to take them to classes, obedience classes, or to work with a trainer to be sure that they're um, that they're well trained. There's nothing worse than having a dog that just goes berserk and is not because dogs don't like that either. Dogs like to have a a purpose and they like to they like the regimen so that's important it's important to think about uh, spaying and neutering your animal um, are you going to be a, a breeder um, that's a whole other set of circumstances but if you're adopting a pet um, seriously think about doing a spay or neuter uh, to to keep these so many animals that are out there that are available for uh, for adoption um, and uh, there's just not enough homes to, to take care of all the animals. So seriously think about that. Think about the food. What type of food you're going to do? What, what type of food is best for the breed? Um, both cats are, I, I, I have fish too, right? What type of, what time of, of, um, of food and how frequently are you going to be able to, to uh, make sure your home is friendly? Um, those are all things you need to be sure that there's an area for for your animal to be and in the case of a dog being able to go inside and outside um, and then another consideration is the size of a pet that you're going to how large an area do you do you live in do you have a small apartment do you have a larger home do you have a backyard where do you live if you live in the hills as I um, the the size of an animal and the type of animal is really a, of concern we have big hawks and we have coyotes and we have you know there there are other large animals that will that will attack smaller animals so you want to be sure that your that that your pet is safe it's very important to make sure that your your pet is safe and fits into your in your lifestyle but as we've said there gosh there's just nothing better than than pet love and um, their calming influence and just wonderful additions. Uh, one last thing is to be sure when you bring your pet home that you have the proper identification with that animal. It's so important to have the name and a telephone number. I actually have on my uh, on all my callers for my dogs, I have my cell phone number, my home phone number, and the vet phone number. Even though my dogs, I also be sure, I'm also sure that the uh, my dogs are microchipped um, in the event that they get out, uh, which happens um, without 
without trying, sometimes, you know, they, they just get out of yards. And uh, it's always a good day, good idea to have your, your pets microchipped in that event so that uh, where they end up, they're able to to find you. Or in my case, with a, with a dog, dog like that, they, the numbers are right there on his collar. Lynn, what do you have to offer? Yeah. Well, uh, you and Rachel both have hit on a lot of these things. And, and I, I said this before, you know, and to reiterate to pet safe your home and and you've mentioned Tina the yard and and everything that you need to go through there that includes the garage the shed or other outside structures because um, you never know what your animal can get into and absolutely checking out Tina your point about coyotes that was something that caught me completely unaware at one point and uh, and that that's nothing more devastating than to learn that that there's something like that in your uh, predominantly in your the area that you've just moved to. Um, so that's very important. I, you know, I think that for all the animals, it's when you you need to anticipate before getting them is a dedicated area for them to eat, to sleep, and we all talked about their bathroom needs, right? Um, and uh, you can't be, if it, like for a cat, if they have a litter box, it needs to be in the same place. You, you can't be moving it every day or every week. Um, and if you're adopting a dog, I would, I would strongly recommend um, taking an obedience course together. Um, it's going to really strengthen your bond, and I think it's going to make your life together better in the long run. I mean, Tina, um, I think you're a firm believer in, in doing those obedience courses. Mm -hmm. Oh, Absolutely. So yeah, they need they need some discipline, and, and but I'll tell you it's it's the the people need the obedience training more than the dogs. Yeah, it's really it's it's the it's the human that needs to understand how best to interact with the dog. So or yeah. cat. Yeah, yep. Yeah. There's not a lot of cat obedience <laughs> out there, that, at least that I've been exposed to. Um, right. I mean, but there are some definitely some things that you can do. Um, I also think that it's important to research your local veterinary clinics and also after-hour emergency clinics. So mm -hmm. if you have a pet, like a cat, I know that when I moved to our new area, I had cats, but I researched the vets and I wanted to go to a cat-only vet because years and years ago, I had an incident with a cat and the cat was in its cat carrier, but I had a dog literally trying to tear the carrier apart with the owner, you know, having a chokehold on their dog. And I mean, I was terrified. Yeah, I mean, it was a horrible situation. So ever since then, I only want to go to cat-only vets. So I don't ever have that kind of trauma again, right? But um, definitely knowing uh, the vets and getting uh, referrals and, and checking those out, that's very important. I also would really recommend making sure that the pet that you adopt has all their shots and um, that you schedule them immediately to be seen by the vet that you've selected, or if it's a second pet, still seeing the vet that you you currently uh, see, um, not only to have a microchip, because I'm also a firm believer in that, Tina, and thank you for bringing that up, but um, also if they haven't been spayed or neutered to get that scheduled. I I'm a really firm believer with Bob Barker that pets should be spayed or neutered, um, short of being a breeder, um, and I just, it, 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 and if you, I think it's, I can't stress enough how important it is to get the, the pet that you've adopted to the uh, veterinary right away. Because even if they've had their shots, 
if, if this is a new pet to you, you're really not aware of that. And even if you have had many pets, what happened to me once is that I had adopted a kitten from a no-kill shelter who had had his shots and been neutered. But what I found out the hard way was that he had only had basic shots. And mm. I took him to the vet um, when he was seeming really lethargic and it ended up he had an incurable feline disease and had to be put to sleep. And what's so heartbreaking about this is it could have been preventable um, if I had taken him to the vet immediately um, uh, to review the records and he could have had that vaccine. Now, I had introduced him into a household with other cats. All my other cats had been vaccinated for this. And so none of them got it. So that was the, the, the upside. Okay. But the downside was I lost an incredibly wonderful cat. And um, I really would... I just can't stress enough to make sure you have your vet in line and you, you take your pet as soon as you adopt them um, to the vet. Um, that should be your first stop before you even go home. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, the sort of a downer there, but um, I, I just know that's the reality though. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of times we don't, we just, we think everything's going to be fine and just go in with blinders and, and no, oh, you brought up a really important point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's important. These, these, babies don't stand up and put their paws up to say, hey, I need, I need this. Yeah. They really rely upon us for all of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, was a hard lesson. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, mm. okay. Yeah, absolutely. How can you prepare mentally and emotionally for the impact to your daily and weekly routine? Tina, what are your ideas here? I think we've touched on, on that through the previous two questions. It's all of the above and know that emotionally, I don't know that we ever can be prepared for the emotional impact of, um, of an animal and how they, how they just tug at our heartstrings. Um, I think that uh, from a, an alien weekly routine, you really need to take a look at what does your typical day look like? What does your typical week look like? What does your month look like? Are you traveling? If you're traveling, you really need to make arrangements for uh, how this how this uh, pet is going to be taken care of. Um, it's This is a major commitment. Um, a dog, if you're lucky, is going to be around for 10 or 15 years. I think cats probably have an equal or, or longer lifespan. This is a long-term commitment. And it's really important to think about the cost and the time, the size of your home, the, the temperament, the size of the animal, what kind of exercise is going to take place. And another thing to consider, too, is the, the, the health issues of, of the breed. Um, all of these help you mentally, emotionally prepare for this wonderful relationship that you're going to be developing with this pet. Um, if, if in fact this, you, you, typically dogs are going to eat twice a day, well, in the morning, in the evening. If you have a large dog, they're going to need to be walked. If you're not going to be able to be there to walk them, can you bring in a dog walker? Um, you just need to put, and Lynn said this right off the bat, put yourself inside of your pet <laughs> and look through their eyes and understand that they're, they're not always going to tell you. Sure, they, they may tell you that they're upset with you because they tear everything apart and, and you walk in the door and they won't talk with you, as my dogs will do sometimes uh, if they're not happy with me. Um, but is it possible with a dog, is it possible to take your, your dog to work with you? 
I don't know, many places now um, allow animals to come to work with them. Um, is it is it possible for you to um, have somebody? Is it you know finances are tight? You've got to think about how much your animal needs to eat, um, and make sure that you're able to um, to to cover that and and give them the the amount of time and love and effort that they that they so deserve. But how do you prepare? I think preparing mentally is is the checklist. The emotion. Oh my gosh, the emotional the emotional uh, advantage of of having a wonderful pet is um, it's just I I'm not sure that you can never understand that total impact. They just involve they just envelop you. Lynn, what do you think? No, I mean, <laughs> I I having a, an animal is just so incredible. Um, it's so joyful. And um, I think my cautionary thing is you have to be prepared to clean up the poop. So, <laughs> um, and there are so many chores that are added. Well, there's to your, that. <laughs> yeah, that are added to your daily task list with a pet. And I, you know, it, this is, it really is, uh, I think the reason why we're stressing all of this is that there's absolutely no doubt how incredibly rewarding, loving, wonderful this is, but you have to have the bandwidth to take this on. And it is a lifetime commitment. And that's why we're really focusing on this, that you, um, to Tina and, and Rachel's point, a, a new pet may damage or break things. And no matter how carefully you try to pet proof your home and, uh, you have to be able to take these types of inevitable situations in stride. You know, so the beloved vase that your grandmother gave you broke, uh, you know, you got to move on, you know, and you can't, you know, so that's part of all these things. And it's, if you are personally, emotionally or mentally stressed, um, you also need to think about the impact and disruption a pet will bring into your life. Now, on the flip side of that, um, you know, your pet can be incredibly um, calming and uh, life affirming to have, you know, that pet. So there's a really positive reason why, um, how, how valid it is to have a pet. But when you are going down this road, I think you, you truly do need to visualize your life with the pet. I think you need to imagine worst case scenarios. Like if your pet were to get sick or God, horrible thing, you know, hit by a car, whatever. You need to face up to it with confidence. I mean, just, all right, so you need to face up to this with confidence in the sense of knowing that you're going into this lifelong commitment and there's going to be great stuff, but there's going to be some bad stuff and you need to be ready to handle it and to face it without fear. So for many of us, um, pets are the ultimate feel-good therapy, you know, and after a long, hard day, there's nothing, nothing like holding and petting you know, for me, a cat, for Tina, her, her Mr. Fritz, for uh, Rachel Cordelia. It's that loyal, loving companion that truly can make our souls soar. So, mm -hmm. uh, Rachel, how do you prepare mentally and emotionally? Well, I think before we can, if we're going to discuss mentally and emotionally preparing, you need to financially prepare. So we've talked a little bit 
a lot of it about how expensive that's going to be. So if you're thinking about adopting a pet, set up a pet fund um, a few months before you get that pet because there's often adoption fees. As Lynn was saying, you do want to take them to the vet pretty quickly. Lynn recommends the first day. I recommend actually a week to see how they're getting on in the environment as well. But anyway, pretty quickly, no matter who who's talking here. Um, so set aside that pet fund for emergencies as well. They get sick or break a leg or whatever it may be. Um, but after that, you need to start adjusting your life to start fitting this this pet that's coming in. So if you're getting a dog, as Tina mentioned, you have to have time to take them out on walks. So if that means waking up half an hour to an hour earlier in the morning so you can walk your dog before you go to work, start doing that. Maybe slowly um, wake up earlier and earlier each day or each week, however long you have. But you do need to make sure that you have enough time to take that dog on your walk, on their walk, your walk, whatever. You also need to get used to, as I mentioned, saying no to going out to dinner or movies or whatever with your friends every day because your pet needs you. Miss um, Cordelia needs to be fed morning and night, so I need to be here morning and night to feed her. And if I'm not, then I have to ask my roommate to feed her if she's here. And if not, then I have to ask somebody else. Um, so get comfortable with that idea. And that also means sort of maximizing your time at home the way you can because as Tina mentioned and I think we've all moved to it your pets need you there you don't have to be there all of the time um, in fact I always knew I wanted to adopt a cat instead of a dog because I can be home a little bit less with a cat than with the dog um, but the Cordelia still needs me to be here she still loves me and wants my attention and another way to prepare to get a pet is to do your research so Find out what you need to do to keep your pet healthy. As it turns out, I've been feeding my cat way too much. She's fat. She was fat when I adopted her, but I haven't really <laughs> helped the situation. <laughs> so I've been, I've been doing some research again and again, and I finally figured out what I think is the proper amount to be feeding her. So I'm going to slowly decrease the amount I'm giving her at breakfast and, and dinner until I get her to what's more reasonable so she can get down to her target weight of 10 pounds. Um, so that's another thing to prepare for. But when it comes to emotional preparation, I mean, for me, I had several years thinking about this. So God, was I ready. I knew I wanted it. But as you might do with an upcoming child, you might want to nest. And for me, I went out to the stores and I bought my pet who I had not adopted yet. But I got a cat bed. I got some cat toys, a cat tree. Um, blanket for her, all these other things. So I I was really coming to the fact that I am bringing a pet into this home. I was getting myself prepared. I dedicated this strange room that's off of my bedroom. And I was dedicating that to be her little cat room where I kept most of her cat things. And that was a good way, way for me to fully realize that a pet was coming into my life and also get myself excited and thinking about the practicalities because as long as well with as with toys and beds, I also had to buy her a litter box. And I also knew that I'd have to stop on the way home to buy the food and litter that she had been using at the adoption place before I thought about switching her to something else. Because you only want to change one thing at a time. And so take her home, then change the litter, then change the food, or however you want to do it. So those would be my tips for getting ready for your pet. 
Those are all excellent tips. Thank you. We have time for one last question, and it comes from Marilyn in Georgetown, Ontario. Marilyn asks, I went to a local shelter to adopt a cat and ended up leaving very quickly. I felt overwhelmed with all the cats that needed homes. I know they euthanize, and I want to save a life. None of my friends feel up to going back with me. Should I just find a no-kill shelter to adopt from instead? Thank you for your question, Marilyn. Rachel, how would you handle this situation? Ooh, Marilyn, this is, this is a tough question. I mean, I think I speak for myself as well as Lynn and Tina when I say that I wish there weren't any kill shelters and that we could just save all the lives of pets. But there are a lot of cats and dogs in the world that need homes, so there is that to consider. Whether you decide to adopt from a kill shelter or a no-kill shelter is up to you, and that's a very complicated choice. There are pros and cons to both. With a no-kill shelter, um, you know that nobody's life is on the line, at least immediately in this situation. When you leave that shelter with your pet, your cat in this case, you walk out there knowing that you didn't save one life at the expense of another. Um, so that's a, that's a pro. The con is, of course, that you're not saving someone from death. With a kill shelter, I don't want to make it sound like when you adopt one cat that guarantees that another cat is going to die, because it could very well be that all of the cats there will be adopted. But maybe not. So you have to take that into consideration. Do you want to potentially save a cat's life while knowing that you can't save all the other cats there? And that's an emotional choice. If you do decide to adopt from this shelter that euthanizes cats, and if you don't have a friend who's willing to come with you, um, I recommend a few ways for you to feel a little more like you have direction once you're there. So know what kind of cat you're looking for in terms of their personality, their age, understand what kind of environment you're offering. So when I went to adopt a cat, when I ended up with Cordelia, I went there knowing I wanted an adult cat, not a kitten, because I knew I didn't have the time that a kitten would require, but I had the time that a cat would require. I knew I wanted a kind of lazy cat because I'm not that energetic myself, and I wanted more of a cuddly cat than a playful cat, and all these other things. And these are things that you have to consider. And I also knew that she would be an indoor cat, not an outdoor cat. So I needed a cat who was going to be okay with that. So if you have these kinds of ideas, that can really help you, especially when you go in and talk to the person working at the shelter. Tell them what kind of environment you're offering and what kind of personality and age you're looking for. And you can might also consider adopting a less traditionally adoptable cat, if you can. So maybe a cat that needs a little extra care because they're sick or maybe they're disabled, maybe they're a tripod cat, whatever it may be. You might adopt an older cat because a lot of people prefer to buy, adopt kittens. So Cordelia is five years old. I just got her. That doesn't mean she's an old cat, but she's an adult cat, which makes her a little less adoptable. And you might just adopt a, a, a kind of an ugly cat because you know, a lot of people go there looking for very cute kittens, but if you go in there and get a cat with I don't know, notched ears or just kind of a funny looking face, there, you'll grow to love that face, I promise you. So if you're willing to do that, that might be a good way to, to help direct you and make you feel like you're doing the, you're making the best impact that you can. But if you decide that you would rather adopt from a no-kill shelter, there's absolutely no shame in that. And that is totally understandable.
Lynn, what would you tell Marilyn? Well, I think, Rachel, that was really well said. Um, I would say to Marilyn that, um, that there's no absolutely, there's absolutely no reason not to adopt from a no-kill shelter. And there's two things. One, you are opening a new spot for another pet to enter when you adopt that pet. And you are, number two, giving the pet that you do adopt, you know, an incredible new lease on life. Uh, you know, it, there's, um, you know, no comparison to being in a shelter versus being at home with you and being uh, part of your life. So I think that uh, adopting from a no-kill shelter, you're still doing a great deal of good. And you need to feel great about doing that and knowing that. So um, that's, uh, I, I just think that it's, you know, do what you feel the most comfortable with that that's going to be um, okay for you. Because what you're doing is you're creating this brand new life for yourself and your new beloved companion. Uh, Tina, what would you? Yeah, I don't know that I have too much to add here. I think that... Um it's the the point of that that you're adopting and and that's a, a personal it, it's certainly a, a a personal decision and uh one that you are either emotionally um able to handle or not handle as far as um going to a a, a shelter um a no-kill shelter versus um a city shelter or something where they do euthanize um but I think that the fact is that if you have a spot in your heart and you have a spot in your home, um, any way that you go about finding a place for that uh, for that animal would be wonderful. Yeah. But it's uh, certainly a, a personal decision. Yeah. I would also add that by adopting from a no-kill shelter, you would be giving your money, because there's usually an adoption fee, you'd give, be giving your money to a shelter that doesn't kill animals, which might make you feel pretty good. But it also... Rachel, the um, city shelters and that sort of thing have certain days where they uh, where they don't charge. So oh, well. um, you know, take care of that. Take that. advantage of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either way, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Adopt your pet. Get in, get in. <laughs> Absolutely. Enjoy your pet. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel, Lynn, and Tina, for your advice. I'm sure it will help Marilyn and anyone else unsure of where to adopt a pet and hoping to save a life. We want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. Next week will be another terrific dialogue at Petite de Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. Be sure to follow us on our social channels to get all the latest updates. <laughs>